Well, back in uh, 2004, I started attending Meadow Heights Church, and there was a gorgeous person standing on the stage singing on the music team, and uh, that's when I met Heather, and we started talking, and we soon let each other know that we're kind of interested in each other. And, uh, but we said, hey, we don't want to put any extra pressure on this. Let's just hang out and get to know each other. So we had a group of friends. We just kind of hung out and we talked. We had conversation. And I had also expressed this to uh, one of my close friends, like, hey, this is, I'm interested in this girl. You'll probably notice that. But I'm wanting, wanting things to go slow, okay? I want to kind of, yeah, everybody could notice it right off the bat. But I also, this friend had permission to kind of speak into my life and, and help me see some things I didn't see. So Heather and I had been talking for a couple months, and uh, it was heading into the holidays around Thanksgiving, and she said, hey, uh, we're doing a day after Thanksgiving, we just kind of le- eat leftovers, we just hang out at my parents' house. You're welcome to come over if you want. And that sounded pretty innocent. I'm like, sure, I'll come over. As soon as I said sure, I felt all kinds of pressure, like, oh my gosh, I've never met her dad. I'm going to meet her dad for the first time. Her grandparents are probably going to be there. Like all of a sudden there was all this pressure and I thought, OMG, what have I done? I was feeling like this isn't exactly what I didn't want to happen, you know, but I was committed to it. So I'm I'm going to go. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, The day came, it was Friday and I'm on my way to Cuba, Missouri to her parents' house and I get a call from my buddy. And he's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I'm heading over to Cuba to Heather's parents, you know. And he's like, whoa, that sounds different than what you were talking about, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, hey, do me a fo- favor, pull over so we can have a conversation. I thought, oh, man, I know what's coming, you know. So I pulled over and he asked, you know, like, is this, you feeling any pressure or anything around that? And if I would have said, no, I feel really good about it, I think he would have said, awesome, man, go enjoy your trip. So he wasn't calling me out on anything. He was actually calling me back into something that I had actually shared with him. Like, and he said, are you feeling pressure? I'm like, I am. This feels like this is going to put a lot of extra pressure that I did not want. Heather and I don't want this kind of pressure. So I knew, I knew I couldn't go. So I knew what I had to do. I called Heather, told her my cat died and I can't come over. (laughs) I wouldn't have a stinking cat. Are you kidding me? Um, so I, I called her and I explained to her, like, listen, I, I can't come and, and here's why, you know. Uh, you had all the right to invite me over, but I probably should have said no. And I just think it's going to put extra pressure. And I, and I even told her, like, I know that this is a risk. Like, you may not want to talk to me as friends anymore. Um, but I also knew that if I did that, it was for sure going to have risk of all kinds of extra pressure that we didn't need. So... Spoiler alert, we've been married 18 years, we have three kids, so it all worked out, okay? But what I'm grateful for is I'm grateful for a friend who was able to have a conversation with me that day, and that he approached it in a a way of grace, and he approached it in a way of love, which by the way, hasn't always been he and I's track record on how we approach each other, but but that day it was, and uh, it helped me receive it a little bit more. And it helped all of a sudden take some pressure off of that relationship and kind of let things go where they were. And I was so glad I had a friend to help me see that. So important. And it's why I love this good news today. Here it is. No judgment doesn't mean no feedback or input, but it does mean that we don't see ourselves as superior to others 
Instead, we live in mutual relationship with them, humbly giving and receiving feedback. It's in the absence of judgment, super important, in the absence of judgment, that we're free to help each other grow and flourish in love. So as you know, we've been in this series since the beginning of the year called No Judgment. And we're taking a look at the portion of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is uh, bringing something to light on something that we struggle with so quickly, which is judging other people. And it's way easier to judge somebody than it is to love them, at least in the short term, or at least in the immediate, and I think we all agree with that. And when we do judge someone, what's happening is we're proving them unworthy, but Jesus calls us to see everyone as a much-loved child of God. And I love this statement. We've said it almost every week. We can't love someone and judge them at the same time. Two things that we hold in our hand that is one choice. We only get one choice. Love them or judge them. Can't do both at the same time. So let's take another look at this scripture, Matthew 7, 1 through 5 again. Jesus says, don't judge so that you won't be judged. You'll receive the same judgment you give. Whatever you deal out will be dealt out to you. Why do you see the splinter that's in your brother or sister's eye, but don't notice the log in your own eye? How can you say to your brother or sister, let me take the splinter out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You deceive yourself. First, take the log out of your eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother or sister's eye. Now, we've taken this particular scripture and looked at it from about every angle we could possibly look at it to try to mine out all the things that Jesus is actually trying to get done with the scripture. And there's something else that I want to bring out of here today is that uh, it's not, the scripture moves from not just judging others, but to helping others. It moves from don't judge them, but now how can we help them? And you might be thinking, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to help them. That's, 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 thank you, Jeremiah. I'm going to get up and leave right now. I'm just trying to help everybody. And I will give us the benefit of the doubt that I, I do believe that, that that is our approach at times. We think we're helping in those situations. But here's one way that I think we can always know if we're judging or if we're helping. And it's looking at our posture. Judgment is the posture of superiority. Judging someone always puts you above them. If you have the thought of better than or superior to, you're in the posture of judgment. And Jesus says, don't judge so that you won't be judged. You receive the same judgments that you give. Whatever you deal out will be dealt out to you. Why do you see the splinter that's in your brother's eye? That's the posture without, uh, but don't notice the log in your own. Superiority. He's saying, why can't you see the log? You're, you're seeing, yeah, I just want to help them, but you don't see the log that's in your own eye. And when you go around pointing out pro- people's problems and pretending like you don't have your own, that's judgment. That's superiority. And you can't come with a posture of superiority. You can't help people that way. We're all equals. I love that song off the top where she's talking about on my best day, on my worst day, I'm a child of God. That's who we are. When we assume we know it all, and listen, All of us in this room, we're here with some sort of faith bias towards Jesus or exploring or something. Many of us in this room are Christians. This is a big problem among Christians. A big problem when we say, I'm a Christian. So many people think this, that we know it all and we have the answers and now we can help you. That, superiority. 
That's superiority. That's judgment. But Jesus is saying there is a place to help other people. We read about it in the New Testament all the time. We hear the help one another. We see that there's a community that we're made for community and that we can help each other in those communities. And we need help with the splinter in our eye. We need that. But it can't come from a place of superiority. No judgment doesn't mean no feedback or no input. But it does mean we don't see ourselves as superior to others. Instead, we live in mutual relationship with them, humbly giving and receiving feedback. And in the absence of judgment, when that doesn't exist, that's when we're free to help each other grow and flourish and love. If we'll get off our high horse of superiority and we'll remember that we're equal to. said we live in mutual relationship with others, humbly giving and receiving feedback. Everybody say giving. Giving. And And receiving. That was a harder one to say, I know. As the giver, as the giver, I always see the log in my eye. That's my approach. I always see it as the giver. How can you say that your brother or sister, your brother or sister, let me take the splinter out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You know what Jesus says? You can't. You're deceiving yourself. That's a lie. You can't do that actually. First, take the log out of your eye and then you'll see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother or sister's eye. So if I'm going to be any help to anyone else, I have to see the log in my own eye. If I'm going to be the giver, if I'm going to try to help anybody, I first have to see the log in my own eye. It doesn't mean I have to have everything cleaned up in my life, right? It's actually the opposite of that. It's knowing you don't. It's actually knowing you don't have everything cleaned up in your own life. It's being able to say, man, I have plenty of my own things in my life, but I might be able to help you with yours. We maximize our issues and we minimize theirs. That's why Jesus says, the log in your eye, I'm, I got to maximize that because that's my responsibility and I minimize theirs. Maybe I can help with that. I have plenty of issues of my own. I'm probably worse th- at this than you are, but man, I might be able to help you with that. My marriage has plenty of problems in it, but I might be able to help you with yours. Can I help with this? Posture matters. And this isn't fake posture. People see through that. It's about seeing knowing and believing that you truly do have a log in your eye. And being able to see the log also means that I realize that my challenges are my responsibility. Not responsibility for anybody else's challenges. I'm responsible for mine. That's why it's bigger. That's why it's a log. That's why I have to maximize it so that I can actually help uh, the the splinter that's in their eye. Um, This is about understanding that everybody is valuable. To God. Unsurpassable worth, when Jesus came, he gave unsurpassable worth to everyone, which means you don't surpass anyone, and neither does anybody surpass you. That's good news. We're only allowed one opinion of a person equally loved. That's, that's our posture, equally loved, that playing field. And every time we choose to love, our character moves towards the character of Christ every time. So if we want to be the giver, we must come to them in humility. We must understand we have a log in our eye and we're trying to help with a splinter in someone else's. Another really great point with this thing is this doesn't happen usually without relationship and permission. This is a must. 
The story I told earlier, my friend, we had relationship. That's where it started. He came with some humility. That was helpful. He had permission to speak into my life. Relationship is required to be able to do this, for this to actually function, where both parties desire. Talk about getting to what we want. We actually desire to give and to receive feedback. That's where that actually happens. The early church experienced this. When we read about how they were one and they were together and they shared things and they they helped each other and spurred each other on, they were living in community. They were living in life with each other. And they had permission and relationship, and they helped move the church forward as a group of people. They were brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what Jesus is saying. Why are you trying to get out of your brother or sister's eye? These are people in relationship. You ever try to pry a splinter out of somebody's eye? We can't pry it out. It seems like that's what we want to do. We want to see it, notice it, and we want to go pry it out. You can't pry out a splinter we got to be open in relationship. No judgment doesn't mean no feedback or input, but it does mean that we don't see ourselves as superior to others. Instead, we live in mutual submission with them, humbly giving and receiving feedback. It's in the absence of judgment that we're free to help each other grow and flourish in love. So as the giver, I see the log in my own eye. As the receiver, I see the log in my own eye. But I thought, yeah. I see the log in my own eye. No matter if I'm the giver or receiver, what Jesus is getting at here is you always have to see the log in your own eye. That's what you're responsible for. I'm not responsible for somebody else's, but my posture has to be humility. And that if I'm going to give to help somebody, I got to notice the log in my own eye. If I'm going to receive anything from anyone, I have to notice the log in my own eye to give and receive. It says, first, take the log out of your own eye, then you'll see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother or sister's eye. The whole Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is giving us a vision about how life should really be. He's saying, this is how it actually works. The culture that they were swimming in that time is not how it worked. The culture that we swim in right now is not how it actually works. It's why the Sermon on the Mount is so uh, perfect for what we're doing right now is because this is how these things work. It's just as relevant back then as it is now because Jesus is saying this is how the kingdom functions. The thing that we always think of, the thing that lasts forever, life with God, beginning from when we were born till eternity, this is how it's meant to operate. No judgment is the ground on which growth and flourishing happens with people. Has to happen in love. We have to be open to let others speak into our lives Jesus is helping us reimagine what that could look like. He's not just saying, hey guys, don't judge. That's bad. Let me tell you what not to do so you can be good Christian boys and girls. He's saying, don't judge so that you can actually help somebody else. He's saying, we're meant to do this together. He's, he's saying, this is what it looks like to live in community. Not judge so that I won't be mad. Just don't judge because that's not how life works. That's not how you flourish. That's not how you are as a follower of Jesus. He's reminding us that we're loved. Like Brian said last week, be loved and be loved. Be loved and be loved. Paul reminds us of this in Ephesians. He says, therefore, imitate God like dearly loved children. Live your life with love, following the example of Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. We all have the same value. 
We're created for community, to live in community with each other. And there's all kinds of opportunities. If we will see the log in our own eye, all kinds of opportunities to be able to help others with the splinters in their eye. Grounded in love, both giver and receiver, understanding we have our own issues. I have a log in my eye. My part, always the log, giver or receiver. And I have to come constantly with that perspective. Is that easy? <laughs> no, it's not easy. But it does get easier. The more that we practice it, it becomes easier in our lives. And one of the places that I, I say one of the places I practice, probably one of the places I get the most opportunities to practice is at home. Um, when Heather will speak up to give me some perspective and help me with maybe my tone or when my temper looks like it's starting to show up, she'll help me with that. And most of the time, most of the time, I pay attention when she speaks up because I know that she's trying to help me with something. I'm trying to see that, that I need that in my life, that she's speaking up. And from her perspective, she's helping me with a splinter in my eye. But my perspective is that she's helping me with a log in my eye. I have to be able to see the log, not just to see that it's a little speck. Well, you're just trying to help me with this little thing. Let me throw back to you. It's why we always have to see it as the log so that we know that ours is maximized, theirs is minimized. And she's trying to help me with those things. And I often get it wrong. (laughs) Dang it. Good timing. There you go, Jason Wade, paybacks. I do still get it wrong, um, but most of the time I come back around with an apology and those kind of things. But what I am noticing is the more that I'm focused on the log in my eye, the more frequently I'm getting that more right. Like I'm starting to become the person that I actually want to be in those areas. But that only happens if I see the log in my eye And it only happens if somebody's willing to help me see that. It happens in community. That's how it works. So often we're really quick to be the giver. It's why when we talk about judgment, it's the thing that we see ourselves in. So when Jesus talks about judgment there, we're like, oh my gosh, I see that because that's what I want to do is judge, judge, judge. But we also have to be the receiver. That's how that works maximize your own faults, minimize their faults. And that begins with this posture of humility. We're not superior. We're beloved. And they're beloved. Brian did this prayer with us last week when we bowed our head, closed our eyes, and we breathed in beloved. And then we breathed out beloved. And that was a great prayer to go this week. And I want to I riff off that a little, but I want to change a little something up. So let's do this. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. And maximizing your faults and minimizing theirs is this posture of humility. So this time when you breathe in, I want you to breathe in, be loved. And then I want you to breathe out, they are loved. Be loved, they are loved. Equal playing field. That helps us remember we have a log in our eye. Be loved in, they are loved out. And for some of you, it might be a person you're thinking of. You might need to go, be loved in, he is loved out. Be loved in, she is loved out. Be loved in, a whole people group, they are loved out. 
Beloved, they are loved. I'm beloved, they are beloved. Just breathe in that for a few minutes. I'm beloved, they are beloved. As we continue to pray, that is the posture of if you're the giver. So as you continue just to sit there in this moment, I want you to take a few moments and wrestle with this question. Is there anyone in your life that has permission to help you with the splinter in your own eye? To help you be the receiver? And if there is, and you've got somebody in your life, I just want you to take a moment and thank God for that person. That they're in your life. And then I want you to commit to sometime today to thanking them for being that kind of person in your life. And if you don't have someone in your life like that, I want you to take a moment to ask God to show you who that person could be and then take the initiative to invite them in. So just take a moment and sit with that. Father God, we are so grateful for this beautiful sermon that you taught so many years ago that was captured in text for us and that we get to be a part of that today. Thank you for your way of life, of helping us see a different way to be in this world, that if we come to follow you, that there are different ways that we live and it's ways that we flourish Thank you for people in our lives that can help us see the things that we can't. And thank you for allowing us to be able to help others, Lord. God, this week as we move out of this place, Lord, I pray that the thing that's on our brain is the image of getting off our high horse, meeting people where they are, all at the same equal playing field, Lord. We're loved, and they're loved. We love you, God. We ask this in your name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen.